Welcome to When Your Stars Align, a human design podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Devon. I'm obsessed with all things personal development, but especially human design, because I believe once we understand our chart, we realize we have complete permission to be ourselves. Each week, I'll be sharing the new pieces of human design that I'm personally learning about, or I'll share interviews with friends where we read their chart and explore how to use that information in their day-to-day life so that they can feel more authentic, experience more ease, and be more purposeful. Let's get started. In this episode, I sat down with my friend Tiffany, who is a reflector with a 4-1 profile. Tiffany and I chatted about what it's like to be the 1% of the population with no defined centers, because that's a reflector. We also talked about how reflectors can release all the energy they take on throughout the day, how to set boundaries, and how to work through conflict. This episode is a gem for all you reflectors out there. I hope you love it. Tiffany, hi. Hello. I'm so excited to talk with you today, and I think everyone's going to like love you. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. It's always nice to be loved. Mm-hmm. So let's start. Um, well, I like to start with talking about how we know each other. Okay. Um, ah. <laughs> so we've known each other for a couple years now. Yes. Three years, three years, four years. I don't know. Two, two, almost three. I think I met you through your husband who, well, I'll just go backtrack. Um, so we met at a wedding we met at a wedding yes um with (laughs) it was the wedding of a guy that I dated um so I dated this guy back god I was must have been four or five years ago and it did not work out but we stayed friends and I hung out with him and then I think I went to one of his comedy shows that he was in with your husband yes who is not your husband at the time, but um, hung out with them. And then later, this mutual friend of ours ended up getting married, and we met at their wedding, correct? We did. We sat next to each other and just were, had the best time. Yeah. And it was I was super nervous because I didn't know anyone else there except for the groom and your husband. Um, oh, no. But it was, it was a good time. And I, I think partially that is because you are a reflector <laughs> and there wasn't that pressure to like be on or try to be something you're not. So I appreciated it. You're very welcome. And I was very nervous too because I knew the groom, my husband, and two other people at the wedding. Yeah. So, yes. I wonder if that's like a common trait for reflectors or projectors or if it's like all across the board I don't know like not knowing people and feeling like you have to or small talk I think is part of what it is I hate small talk yes I always sort of have to work myself up to it yeah because it takes um, some energy it does it takes some energy and my husband laughs at me because sometimes before we go into parties I sit in the car and I take just a few minutes and I take a couple of deep breaths and he's, he always says, what are you doing? And I say, I'm centering myself. Yes. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm preparing myself because I really don't necessarily know what I'm walking into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do that after a party too. I kind of breathe and let it all go. Oh, for sure. I do that like almost every single day after anything. <laughs> I'm like, and let it go. Yeah. So... You're a reflector. Did you, 
did you learn about human design through me or did you know about this before? I had heard of it before and then um, you were so excited about it and it was so engaging and um, it happened sort of when my professional life was in complete and utter upheaval Mm -hmm. and I just sort of wanted a cosmic pat on the back that it was going to be okay. Uh And um, so yeah, that's how, so I, I had heard of it, but you sort of opened the door for me. Okay. So you didn't know you were a reflector before? I did not. I did not. And when I did your, I did like a mini kind of reading for you. Um, and I remember I messaged you immediately and I was like, oh my God, you're a reflector. You're like the 1%. So I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was your reaction to that? I laughed. I laughed and thought that it made a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because... I just, the way I operate in a room with people or how I approach certain situations and stuff, it was like, oh, textbook, check, check, check. Um, and, you know, my husband and I, um, he, he always, he always loves to be inspired by things. And he's like, what inspires you? What, ins- what, what keeps, what drives you? And I'm like, nothing. <laughs> and, and I was like, and when the, you're, I handed him the human design chart and was like, look, see, it's not my fault. <laughs> the right. cosmos says nothing's supposed to inspire me. Yes. So I think this is a good point for people who don't know. A reflector is somebody who, when you pull up their chart, all of the shapes, which are your energy centers, are white. So nothing is defined. I mean, you have gates within your chart, but none of your energy centers are defined. So you're completely undefined, completely open. You're kind of a a blank slate, if you will. Um, And reflectors are very rare. Like they're only 1% of the population. Um, And they're very special type people in that they, human design says reflectors reflect us back to ourselves or they reflect the environment around them. So yeah, it's, it's, you don't have any, um, any like definition or set way of processing things or set way of uh, feeling things or being inspired by things like you were saying, which I'm fascinated by. So I don't know. I'm just like, tell me, tell me all about your life. Tell me your experience. (laughs) Tell me how things work for you. (laughs) All of the things. It depends. I, there are certain areas in my, in my life where I sort of do take the path of least resistance. And then there are other things that come really easily to me. And Mm -hmm. I've always been, it's funny. I've, I've always been someone that when I meet new people, they tend to open up very quickly. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was always a joke. It's like, do I have some, like, do I have a magnet on? Like, can they smell me? What, why, why, do you, you know, why are the crazies, you know, but everyone has their own quirks and everything. I also think part of it, yes, I'm a reflector, but I think all of it also comes from my parents and my grandparents in their homes. They always tried to make everyone feel welcome Mm-hmm. and everyone feel like it's a home so that they can relax and let their guard down. And I, I try to be that way with people as well. And I think that allows them to sort of maybe say or do things that they don't necessarily do in normal conversations or normal relationships. Do you think that's something that you were like 
trained or conditioned to do or does that feel natural to you? It feels really natural. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's just something that it's always happened sort of intrinsically. Mm-hmm. And I also admit um, my background is in performing and doing theater and musical theater. Mm-hmm. And so getting lost in a role always came really easy to me. And I always found it so diff. I always found it frustrating when the other people around me weren't getting it mm-hmm. right away. And I'm like, how do you not, this is just this is like second nature. And now looking back on it as realizing I'm a reflector, I'm like, Oh, mm-hmm. that might be why I was yeah. able to pick it up so fast and why it felt so natural and so easy. Yes. That's just who I am. Yeah. I think of it as like, I don't know. I just did my makeup. So I'm thinking about it, but like you have like, like a reflector is somebody who has a a bare face, like it's completely clean. So you can put anything on it and it's going to look great. But if you have like purple eyeshadow on, and then you try to put like green on top of it and like, it's not going to work as well. You might have to, to work at it a little bit. So maybe I don't know. That's fascinating how you, like, you felt it was just natural to put on these roles to, like, take on this other persona for a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Mm. I love this because um, there's not that many famous reflectors, obviously, but one of the famous ones is Sandra Bullock. So I'm wondering if she feels the same way. Yes. Curious, curious. Probably. Well, and this is, this is me getting technical, but I had an acting teacher in college who her approach would be to take the role of a character and sort of make a chart of the emotions that the character would go through in their journey through the show. And it always frustrated me. I was like, no, 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 no. You have to be there. You have to be in the moment. You have to feel it. You can't manufacture it. Mm -hmm. And that was, I mean, we would butt heads about that all the time. And I wonder if part of that also comes from being a reflector and being, you know, trying to be true to the moment instead of trying to manufacture something. Mm-hmm. I mean, I bet they just had a very different chart than you. And I'm oh, guessing oh, probably oh. they probably have a defined solar plexus where like they're not that open solar plexus where they're the empath and they feel things very strongly and it like emotions are just kind of a authentic in the moment type thing. Right. Yeah. So speaking of that, um, I asked on my Instagram account if people had any questions for you. And one of the questions we got was how do you like handle taking in all of these emotions from people and still remain true to yourself or how do you process them or what's that like for you? So I admit I have some friends that give off a lot of energy and it can be very negative or very manic and that there are some times that I'm like, I love you, but I need to step away from you for a few weeks. Like I can't process your, what you're giving me anymore. It's it's too much for me and it's starting to affect my life. So Mm -hmm. I, I love you. I will be back, but I need to, I need to take a step back from you and your drama and just breathe and process. I think that's brilliant. And I'm curious, how did you learn to do this? 
because <laughs> for me, like I can hear that and I'm like, yes. And I'm like, oh man, but that must be so hard in action. <laughs> it is. Uh, some of it has been better. <laughs> Moving, being in a different town as the person is also mm -hmm. kind of helpful to be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Life's gotten a little crazy. So right. you're not hurting their feelings. But sometimes if you're close enough and it is a true relationship and they love you as much as you love them, they understand, mm -hmm. you know, because they know that you have been there for them. And if something should happen and they need you, you're still going to pick up the phone. Yeah. So it's kind of having that baseline trust understanding. Yes. And you also have to, I like to encourage self-care in my friends because sometimes they get lost and they get so frustrated. And I, I do, I ask, I was like, okay, when was the last time you like took a bath and did a face mask or you went and got your nails done or got a massage, you know, like you need to take care of yourself. And sometimes I have to say, okay, you guys are taking care of yourself. I need a little while to take care of myself. I'll yeah. be back and I'll be better, mm -hmm. but I just need, I need some me time. Mm -hmm. I'm just like playing all of this out in my head. I'm like, yes, because you're reflecting that back to them of what's missing in their life, but you're also reflecting how to do it by taking care of yourself. And I, I, I <laughs> has there ever been a time where that didn't go over well or somebody really like challenged you or pushed yes. you? Yes. I've had some, I, I have had some people in my life who sort of demanded my full attention and my energy. And if I started to sort of pull back it, they didn't become violent, but it became hostile and it became sort mm -hmm. of, they became very manipulative mm -hmm. of my time and of my emotions. And, um, at the time I didn't see it and mm -hmm. I just sort of went with it. And it was only when I removed myself from the situation uh, that it sort of all sort of clicked that it was like, Oh, that was not fair for you guys to do that to me. Right. That was not right. That's not cool. That you're not necessarily being a good person. And that's always been my thing is that I try to be nice to everyone and I try to be open to everyone, but I do have a very rigid sort of, I guess, I, um, how to word it right. I have a very rigid set of standards of how I live my life. And when the people who are in my life don't necessarily stick to those rules, I tend to get really upset mm -hmm. and I'm like, okay, well, we're done. Bye. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> yes. Can you share some of these? rules or boundaries? Because I think, like, I think it's imperative for reflectors, especially to have those for themselves and for people who might be listening that are looking for some of that. Can you like share some ideas for them? Um, I try to avoid cheaters at all costs that people who think it's okay to be in a committed relationship, but have a, a side piece and hide it. Mm -hmm. um, it also comes that way when it comes to friends too. If you have a friend who talks smack 
to you about one person and then you find out that they talk smack about you to that other person, you know, like someone who just doesn't, you've got to be honest with people. And, and again, like the cheater thing is a big, and people who try to cheat the system is really difficult for me. Like people who try to find these loopholes to get free stuff or to manipulate situations in their favor. I mean, I guess we're all guilty of it to a certain degree, but when it's the status quo for someone. Mm -hmm. And I do, I have a few friends who are in open marriages, open relationships. It's not my style, but they have been very open about how that works for them and the rules that they have laid out for them and their partners. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, you guys, because you're being open with it, and you're honest with each other about it. Okay. You, 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 you know, some people will say, Oh, you're cheating, but is it cheating if both people are involved or they know about it? Right. Like and they're they, okay with it. They've agreed to it. It's just that piece of integrity, I think. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Integrity is a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I love this. I love it. <laughs> we got a question about, how reflectors deal best with conflict in the workplace. Okay. Talk about this. Also, side question, which we can we can talk about, but one of the questions was what what are the best jobs for reflectors? And I'm not a reflector and I'm not a reflector expert. My first inclination is reflectors can have any job. <laughs> right. As long as it feels good for them and the environment feels good for them because the environment's huge for reflectors. So that right. the people in this actual physical space. Yes. I think for reflectors, it's, um, I would probably say the arts a lot mm-hmm. or sort of where you're helping an industry where you're helping someone. Um, and so that's, the, the vibe is good. Mm-hmm. The goodness is there. I think that's sort of what helps reflectors the most because they take on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to put the good out into the world, I think is helpful. I mean, my background is radio, um, but I did news and traffic. So I was dispensing information that people needed Mm -hmm. and it fed my ego. I admit I've, I've got quite the ego. Um, and I love it, you know, because it was like, say my name, what's my name? (laughs) (laughs) Say my name on the radio. So for me, I think that the, uh, the reflector it's, it is, I think it's about being in a situation where you're doing good and helping. Mm-hmm. I would agree. I think, I mean, I think most people with an undefined solar plexus feel that way because we tend to be the empathic people um, wanting to connect with others. I think another important piece to note for reflectors and projectors is what they call non-energy beings. So we're not meant to work in an office 40, 50, 60 hours a week, you need that time to decompress and like we said, like shake off the day and all the right. energy going on. But I think as long as you're doing something that is interesting to you or passionate to you, like you can be within any of those parameters. Yeah. Well, and I will say in the workplace, um, 
I, I tend, I was usually able to pick up on, um, on the people having affairs. Mm. Um, and the people who maybe were not on the up and up because mm-hmm. they sort of would stick out to me or I would notice the change in the sort of body language mm-hmm. um, and I the problem is you know in any workplace it's gossip and you don't want to be that be like oh, well, I think so-and-so is messing around with so-and-so. So I would usually say something to a friend or a sibling that was not in that environment mm-hmm. so that I didn't just, like, vomit everything that I had noticed going on in the office. Like, <laughs> you never want to be, like, the office gossip. But it would be funny as things would come back, as other people would sort of, like, other gossip stories would come out and be like, oh, I'm not surprised. I called that six months ago. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's usually what ends up happening in the office environment, at least for me, is that I need an outside source where I can sort of dump all the gossip that I picked up on or you know, all that stuff onto someone else so it doesn't get spread around the office and come back and bite me in the butt. Yes, I think that's good advice for anyone. <laughs> anyway, yes. um, but yeah, I'm like as a reflector, I think you're probably more like hyper aware or perceptive of things like that. I don't know. It'd be interesting. Like I'm looking at your chart now to see what uh, gates you have activated because there are certain gates that are more um, confrontational or don't mind confronting people or starting fights or anything like that. Um, right. But you, you don't have any of those gates. So there could be other reflectors or projectors who do, who are more <laughs> prone. Yeah. Like, for example, Taylor Swift, her like incarnation cross is all about confrontation and like starting beef with people basically. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm looking at your chart and I, I, I've noticed you don't have any completely open centers. Like you have a gate coming out of every single chart, at least one gate. Um, but you mentioned the piece about like feeding your ego. And so I was looking at your heart center because that's the place of the ego. And um, even a little bit of like competition or willfulness, like determination, keep going. And you have three out of the four gates activated. So that's like the most out of any of your... <laughs> your centers. So yes. Yes. It's so fascinating. I'm looking at our questions to see what else we got. Okay. Here's a good one. This is from my friend, Heather. Hey, Heather. (laughs) Um, If reflectors reflect us back to ourselves, how do you know when you're being true to yourself? Like, how do you know what's you versus somebody else? So I, I look at this, how I look, um, I have a, I have two younger sisters and my baby sister, um, is born in September, but she's one of those people who always says she likes to be alone, Mm -hmm. but always has people around her. Mm -hmm. She wants someone in the room. She doesn't necessarily want them to talk to her, Mm -hmm. but she, you know, uh, she wants them in the room. 
whether she admits it or not. Whereas I, I like being around people. I like, I like having someone to talk to, to play off of, but if it came down to it, I could be by myself and be totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm okay with the silence. Mm-hmm. And I think when I have the silence, that's when I discover parts of what I am and who, what I enjoy mm-hmm. um, is when there's no one else for me to reflect, you know, and to pull from, put me by myself, give me, give me a day, give me a weekend and I'll be fine. Sorry, my cat has just come in the room. Tattoo, come here. No? Hi, kitty. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. My she's, my husband's, she's my husband's old lady. So I, it's mostly, I think it's her yelling at me, you're not my real mom. You're not my real mom. <laughs> oh my goodness, she's so vocal. Yes, she is. Um, I was watching a video earlier today about reflectors and the guy was saying reflectors, they need that alone time, like you were saying, but he like extreme was like reflectors should spend like three months on their own, like really the rest of the world just to like get in touch with themselves. I I mean, I guess people do that sometimes, but I'm like, that is a commitment. It is. Yeah, I can do two days, <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, I need to re-engage and be a person. Well, and I admit, um, in my last job, I I was still on the radio, but I was in a room sort of off by myself, mm-hmm. and I could go a couple of days without seeing anyone or interacting acting with anyone, because I would just, because I came in at different hours than they did, left before they, you know because I worked a split shift. So I worked four hours in the morning, then would go home and then come back and work four hours in the afternoon during morning traffic and afternoon traffic. Um, I mean, so I could do that. And there was one time I was like, I actually haven't seen any, like I haven't really talked to anyone in, in a couple of days. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I take that back. I talk to my mom every day on the phone. So that might make, <laughs> I guess that doesn't necessarily count. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I get, I get that. And I have, I do have some friends who can do that. I just, I don't know. I don't know if I need that much time though. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm wondering too, if that's because it seems like you've always been kind of aware of how you, your energy is or how you interact with other people and, taking care of yourself and setting those boundaries. But if somebody is not, or has been really conditioned to, to be like a generator, like go, go, go all the time, they might need more time to feel yes. that layers. You know? Well, and I, I do have some people who in my life who are, they get frustrated because I always say yes to people. They think mm-hmm. that, that I give too much and I don't see it that way. I see it as I don't have a ton of money, so I can't throw money at a situation. You know, I can't buy you something shiny when you're sad, but you know what I can do is I can go and sit at your house and we can watch a movie while you complain about what's going on and you Mm -hmm. vent. I can gift you with my time. 
and my heart and my, my attention. And that's what I'm able to give. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to think that that's what people appreciate. And I tend to, you know, and I'll, I'll drive. Um, I had, when I was living in Houston, I had a friend from Chicago who came in to visit his family in Beaumont and Beaumont is almost two hours from Houston. Mm-hmm. And without even thinking, I jumped in the car and drove straight there to go see him only for like 30 minutes, but I hadn't seen him in years. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was worth a tank of gas, you know, yeah. to go and spend face-to-face time with this person. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. I guess, I don't know if that's me as a reflector or just me as a person in general. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. I was, a different um, video I was watching was saying that reflectors move through, so in human design, there's 64 gates. Those are like the numbers on all the different centers. And reflectors move through each of those gates every 28 days. So the lunar cycle, which means you're moving through a few gates like every single day, um, which could mean that you're taking on the energy from all the other types, like the generators and the manifestors and projectors. So I'm curious if you feel that way. Like, do you notice your energy changing throughout the day? I mean, of course, as people, we all do. But like, what? I don't know what that experience is like for you. Yes, there are some times and it is sort of, it's easy to pass off as being like, oh, it's attached to my hormones and my lady time, you know, that, that it's attached to my menstrual cycle. But yeah, I do have those days when I'm really feisty and agitated and want that confrontation. And then there's other days where it's like, you know what? I I always say I'm not fit for human consumption today. Like I need to be in a bubble by myself. Yes. Because I can feel like I've just got like that sort of toxic in me and I'm just going to spew it. Because I think another thing as a reflector is that I can, when I meet someone and the more I get to know someone, the more I can pinpoint those things that they hate about themselves. And I can craft the perfect uh, insult or or you know attack just to cut someone to the core I don't mean to do it yeah especially when I was younger and didn't necessarily understand why I knew those things (laughs) why I knew what to attack on someone when I wanted to make them hurt but you know now that I'm older and I know I, I have this information now it's like oof you know, that like my defense mechanism is to sort of, when it's to lash out, I have to remember that, like, why do you want to lash out? Why are you wanting to hurt this person? You know, like, don't destroy them just because you're in a bad mood. Right. <laughs> like, you've got to be able to come back from this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What, is it, what does it feel like for you when you have been around too many people or the wrong people for too long? Like, do you get angry? Do you get exhausted? Do you get... Um, I actually do not do crowds well at all. Mm-hmm. I, I sort of freak out. I, I wouldn't necessarily call it a panic attack, mm-hmm. but it is very much like I get very claustrophobic and can't breathe and just, well, you can talk to me and I won't hear you. 
-hmm. Like I'll, I'll hear you, but it won't necessarily process. It'll be just like, I need to go. I need to be, I need to be around fewer people. So like, I don't do Mardi Gras. I don't do sixth street. I don't, yeah, I don't people do Boston are always like, are you going to ACL or South by Southwest? I'm like, nope. <laughs> right. And <laughs> that's yeah, that's very much me. I'm like, no, that's okay. Cool. Um, I will go if you give me a VIP path path, and I don't have to talk to anyone. Um, but when I'm around a negative group of people, that took me a while to figure out what it was. Um, because I was my first job, I had a, some coworkers who were very negative, very toxic people. And I noticed that I became I was meaner to the people that I love and it took a while for me to realize, Oh, I'm taking what they're giving me and I'm giving it to other people and I've got to stop. Mm -hmm. um, and that was, that was a big thing about putting down boundaries and stuff at work. Uh, this is going to sound crazy. Um, I had a coworker who we had to be at work at four 30 in the morning. And she would call me at two between like one forty-five and two forty-five. She would call me drunk. Oh my god. And be like, why don't you like me? Why are you so mean to me? And it's like, excuse me, my alarm is going off in like an hour and a half. Yeah, that's not okay no matter what time you have to be at work. But like right. oh my god. Well, and what was so interesting is that and I also learned a lot from this job too uh, about people. Um, I went to my supervisor about it and was like, Hey, I don't think this is, this is not cool. I'm getting to work exhausted because after she hangs up, I can't go back to sleep because I'm so frustrated. And he told me to my face, he's like, Oh, well that's just her being her. You have to deal with it. Mm. And it being my first job out of college, I didn't know any better. I didn't know that I needed to take it above his head. Mm -hmm. um, and it was only after I left that it became uh, sort of an open company secret that they had been having an affair. Oh, yeah. And it was like, oh, okay, well, that explains why. Yeah. Excuse me. He was <laughs> defending her and why she was finding out everything Every, every like complaint that I would say about her behavior, she'd come back at me with it. Mm. And I'm like, oh, well, that makes so much more sense now. Yeah. yeah. That sounds like a terrible situation all around. <laughs> oh, it was, it, ugh, it was the stuff of nightmares. Mm -hmm. And that's why I've always tried to, and every sort of work situation after that is just to be a decent human being because they were not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I want to talk about um, your authority as a reflector and I'm, I'm okay. interested. Um, so every human design type has an authority, which is how you make decisions. And there's like, I'm going to say 12. I don't know if that's correct, but reflectors authority is to wait a lunar cycle, which is 28 days before making a decision so that you can move through all of the gates of the I Ching and kind of let go of everybody else's energy and really find the answer that's correct for you. When I first heard this, I was like, man, I don't know how that's even possible for anyone. <laughs> like, how do you wait 28 days? 
So I'm curious if you've tried this, what you think about it, if you think it's ridiculous, like how does this work for you? I don't necessarily find that I always need the full 28 days, but I will tell you that I can pretty much, if you, if there's a certain scenario that I will work out every possible angle in my head Mm. and like plan, plot it out and be like, okay, well, if I choose a, then C, D and E are going to happen. If I choose B, this, this, and this is going to happen. And it might lead me back to here. And so it's a lot of weighing the pros and cons. And I think that also comes from being a Libra. It's funny because I'm a Libra, but uh, actually in the Chinese New Year, I'm a monkey. Uh-huh. So I crave balance. I strive for balance, but as a monkey, I crave chaos. Interesting. And so that actually is a huge it's a huge sort of part of who I am because there's part of me who's like, yes, let's just see it burn. And then it's like, well, okay, but this is how, where all of the exits are. (laughs) Okay. So I'm looking at your chart now, as you're saying this, and you have both um, the logical gate and the sensing gate. So it is that balance of both ands. (laughs) Yes. Let's think about this. Let's think about this. What's the big picture here and the little details. Yes. Well, and there's this thing, um, if you, anyone follows improv comedy, um, the sort of the rule of yes. And Mm -hmm. that you don't say no, you don't negate anything, but you say yes. And then you clarify. Mm -hmm. And that's also sort of how I tend to uh, approach certain situations when they're given to me. I'll be like, okay, yes. And blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, so that's, I will run through every scenario and, you know, sometimes people will be like, you're in your head too much, you know, use your gut. And, but I do, I go with my gut instinct, Mm -hmm. but I got to play everything out in my head first. Yeah. Have you ever felt like pressured to make a a quicker decision? No, I, I do get frustrated sometimes with other people when I think they're taking too long. Mm. You know, the joke is, you know, my husband waited until the last possible moment to propose because <laughs> I, the weekend he proposed, I was actually, if he, I was going to ask for the ring back because he had my grandmother's ring and he was going to use my grandmother's ring. And I had gotten to the point where I was like, yep, he's dragged his feet too long. I'm done. You know, I'm, we're going to spend Saturday together, but if he, you know, but Sunday, Sunday's it. Sunday's goodbye. And of course, Saturday nights when he's like, I love you, Mary. Oh, <laughs> I still really want to look at his chart just to see, because I, yeah. I'm fascinated by it. Like you guys are, are, to me, I don't know either of you super well, but you seem um, like opposites in a lot of ways. Yes. Like he has As a very big, strong energy about him. Yes. <laughs> and he thinks it's funny because I am the performer and I've been performing since I was a child. Mm-hmm. He doesn't understand that I like to turn it off. Yeah. And sometimes I like to be the person standing in the corner of the room, mm-hmm. taking it all in and just sort of watching it happen instead of all eyes on me all the time. Mm-hmm. I can do that too. Right. But it is, it's exhausting for me. Yeah. 
but yes, we have a lot of things that complement each other. Our, our quirks and our kinks complement each other mm-hmm. so that we, so far, you know, knock on wood, you know, a year and a half in to the official marriage part, we seem to be doing okay. That's good. That's good. I'm sure like any marriage, it takes lots of communication. Yes. Well, and it, it, ours is a little different too, because we were both in our late thirties when we got married and it's a first marriage for both of us. And we both lived alone, Mm -hmm. you know, for a decade. So it's like, Oh wait, sharing space. What? No, (laughs) Mm -hmm. this is how, this is how the toilet paper goes on the roll. No, it goes like (laughs) this. It goes over the top, obviously. Uh, yes, for him it does. Yes, I, I'm an under, I fully admit. So that it, you reach for the wall and that's how you know it's there. I love it. Um, okay, the last piece I wanted to touch on is your profile, which is okay. your journey because, of course, you have the rarest type, or I should say profile. You have the rarest type and the rarest profile. So <laughs> I'm flipping through my book right now. Um, your profile is the 401, which is the opportunist investigator. And it's only 2% of the world population. Of course. <laughs> um, have you read anything about this? Do you know anything about this? No, not really. No. Please enlighten me. Okay. Um, so it's like the juxtaposition so the four line is the opportunist is basic i like to call it the people person the networker it's all about relationships with people right and then the one line is called the investigator um and that's really about building a solid foundation like feeling very safe doing a lot of research um gathering facts (laughs) you're nodding your head people who can see the video (laughs) yes Yes. We have this discussion a lot because I like to pride myself on being able to have a conversation with anyone. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like I'm a social geisha, if you will. I mean, I know a little bit I know a little bit about sports. I know a little bit about the arts. I know and so that when I'm in a situation you know, there are things that I'll throw out or there are jokes that I make. And based on the people's responses, how I'll gauge, okay, well, this is what our conversation is going to be about, or this is what they're interested in. And it's sort of, it's like why I like to play trivia. I like to be, I don't have to be the smartest person in the room, but I like knowing enough to know who the smartest person in the room is. Mm-hmm. And being on their good side. Yes. So, yes, I, and it is, I am very much, I can get lost in a Wikipedia hole. You know, I'll start researching one thing and then it'll lead to another and it'll lead to the third. And I just, you know, all of a sudden two hours has passed. Yeah. Which is, I mean, that's what this is all about. Like becoming a research, learning everything you can about something and then using that knowledge to influence people. Yes. Yes. And also I think too, though, I think I'd like to think that it makes me a better teacher when uh, I'm in that sort of instructional mode uh, because I have done, I do some adult learning 
type situations and theater training and different types of training programs. So I'd like to think that that helps me be better at that job too. Yeah, I'm sure it does. Cause I feel like that's the best kind of balance. Like, cause it's the, the factual logical piece and then the social skills of being able to connect with people. Yes. Yeah, totally. Awesome. Very. Um, <laughs> if a reflector is listening to this and they're brand new to human design, like they just found out they're a reflector or maybe they're not new, but they are trying to learn more and they feel like they may be struggling with it. What would you say to them? It's okay. It's okay. It's, it's not you. <laughs> it's them mm-hmm. really and truly. <laughs> That's like the sound clip for this, for everything for a reflector. It's not you. Yeah. It's not you. It's actually them. Mm-hmm. And I think too with reflectors, it's okay. It's being strong enough and aware enough of being able to step back and take that alone time mm-hmm. and to be by yourself and listen to your thoughts that you don't always have to take on everything of everyone around you. Cause I, I am guilty of that when things aren't going well for a family member, or I feel like a family member is being slighted by either their job or their friends or another member of the family. Like I feel everything they feel and I want to go full on mama bear because Mm -hmm. I want to make it right. And sometimes I have to be reminded that it's not my fight to fight. Yeah. Yeah. And that is very difficult. And it's stuff that I still struggle with that it's, you know, I have my own fights to fight. Mm -hmm. I don't need to take on everyone else's too. Yes. I love it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you very much for inviting me. I had a wonderful time. You're welcome. I, I feel like, I mean, I learned a lot and I'm sure everyone else did too. So I appreciate being here. Oh, thank you. Yes. Thank you. And when you're ready, we'll, uh, we'll, send, we'll do Colin's chart and we'll see how we all match up. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. Great. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot and share it on Instagram. You can tag me at human design with Ashley and Tiffany at Tifferific on Instagram and Twitter. It would also mean the world to me if you'd head on over to iTunes and subscribe and rate the podcast. The more subscribers and reviews we get, the higher iTunes rates the podcast and the more exposure we get, which means more people are learning about human design. And when more people learn about human design and begin living according to their type, we're changing the world for the better. So head on over to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review sharing what you got out of today's episode. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time.